This is The Jerry Callahan Show. You know, I think I'll start with a uh, little story out of Washington, D.C. I don't think you've probably heard this anywhere else. It's just breaking this morning. I know it's a busy Monday. Lots going on. We got so much to get to as usual on Monday. But uh, this uh, story just popped up. Uh, thought it was worthwhile. Worthwhile. It's from WTOP in D.C. Uh, 12-year-old girls shot while sleeping in D.C., a girl was shot by a stray bullet early Monday morning while sleeping inside an apartment in D.C., police tell WTOP. It happened at 4 a.m. in the 2600 block of Naylor Road in southeast D.C. The 12-year-old was sleeping in her bed when she was shot in the leg. The bullet came into the apartment through a window. The child is in the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The shooting's under investigation. No suspect Yet, it's at least the second case of a girl being struck by a stray bullet in D.C. overnight. A 10-year-old girl sustained critical injuries after being shot while riding inside a vehicle at 9 p.m. on Sunday night. So that's a span of seven hours. Two girls, 110, 112, shot with stray bullets. One is critically injured. One is has non-life-threatening injuries. And I'm wondering... She's uh, living right in the same neighborhood or in the same city as uh, Joe Biden and uh, many, many Democrats, lots of media. Do you think these girls will get any attention? Do you think they, they, they will report the story at all uh, if the suspect, if they don't find a suspect or if they find a suspect and he's not part of the Patriot Front, if he's not a white supremacist, if he's not a proud boy or an oath keeper? They will not mention it. Think of the fear. Think of the just the abject fear that the parents feel. I assume there was a, a mother, a father, maybe just a mother in the home as a stray bullet comes through the window and hits her little girl, 12-year-old girl, in the leg. The girl wakes up, I assume, screaming in pain, bloody, rushing to the hospital. The other girl driving around in a car on Sunday night. I don't know where they were. Maybe they were out shopping. Maybe they went out. To, you know, to get ice cream, stray bullet, and she is in critical condition. These girls, I'm assuming, I don't have the details, are probably African-American. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't care. Uh, the mainstream media, they don't. Chuck Todd, do you think Chuck Todd will care? Jake Tapper, Anderson Cooper, Washington Post, New York Times, will they give a damn about these girls if we find out they weren't shot by a... Uh, white supremacist or or just a white guy. It is just so sickening what we're seeing right now from the president of the United States and all his supporters in the Democrat Party, all his supporters in the mainstream media. If you missed it over the weekend, the empty husk, the soulless, heartless ghoul who is uh, serving as our 46th president um, gave a commencement speech. By the way, he blew off West Point. Uh, he left that to Kamala, the poor graduates of West Point that normally get the president. They normally get their commander in chief. They will not get their commander in chief. They will get the vice president and we will be here for it. Ironhead, I'm going to guess uh, Kamala will just stumble and bumble her way through that commencement speech. We'll do no preparation. We'll not proofread the speech. We'll talk about time and the passage of time and she'll She'll just ramble on incoherently for our uh, for our graduates of West Point. But Joe Biden chooses to go to Howard, a predominantly black school, a HBCU, or as Biden calls it, a black HBCU. I'm not sure there's any other kind, but he doesn't really know what the H or the B or the C or the U stand for. So he said he was speaking at a black HBCU. And he repeats the same tired lie over and over again, which is naturally parroted by uh, other members of his administration and the media. It's, it's perhaps the most cynical lie he tells. He is a liar like we've never seen. Nobody who's held this office, in my mind, nobody who's held any office lies like this man. It's just one lie after another. If he's talking, he's lying. And God knows we're here for it. We chronicle it. 
you know, whether it's uh, going to see Nelson Mandela on Robbins Island or driving an 18 wheeler or finishing at the top of his class or not going to Annapolis because Roger Staubach was there and he wanted to play football and didn't want to compete with Roger Staubach. I mean, we've gone over this. He just, or his father seeing two gay guys kissing in 1960 and saying, Joey, they just love each other. If he's talking, he's lying. But the, 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 the stupid lies about his history, about him finishing at the top of his class, that's one thing. The big lies, he tells. The, the big, this should, we should call this the big lie. I know the media likes to think the big lie is that the election was stolen. But we hear that every four years or every two years from somebody. Whoever loses says the election was stolen. It's not really the big lie. It's just a political talking point. The big lie, the real divisive lie, the real damaging lie, the insidious lie that does great damage to this country, as we see every day, is that white supremacy is the biggest threat to the homeland. That's what this soulless, heartless, cruel, cynical old man says over and over again. And he said it again Saturday at Howard in front of a predominantly black crowd. He wants you to think white supremacy is the biggest problem. And I just wonder, as I see the stories coming, you know, coming across the wire, see the stories on, on, on cable news or on social media, where are these supposedly violent, threatening white supremacists? Where are they? Why, why is there no follow-up question? We have uh, Mayorkas making the rounds on Sunday morning, repeating the lie that white supremacy is the biggest threat. We have Christopher Ray, the corrupt head of the FBI, repeating the lie. Why isn't there a follow-up say, what do you mean? Who are these white supremacists who are threatening the homeland? Who are the white supremacists that are threatening uh, black Americans who are shooting young black girls who are in their bed sleeping or driving in their car? Who, where, where are they? Shouldn't we be naming names? Shouldn't we have a specific threats? We had the clown show of the Patriot Front, uh, which was interesting timing. About the same time that Biden was talking about white supremacy is the biggest threat to the Howard grads. We had this, these, these LARPers, these, these uh, Patriot Front alleged fascist white supremacists in khakis marching in D.C., Nobody names them. Nobody tells, nobody interviews them. I don't know who they are. I assume they're feds or at least, you know, a good portion of them are FBI. I assume it's a big setup. I assume it's a big show. And uh, I, there's no reason to think otherwise. We know how duplicitous our uh, FBI is, our DOJ. I assume they're working with Biden and the timing was about right. And we never even see the faces of the Patriot Front. They wear these silly masks and they don't, they don't, you know, make, appearances on cable news uh, or on podcasts. We don't see them. They're just part of this grand play they put on, this drama they put on in D.C. But I don't know why this struck me as the the depths, the, a new low. And I know that's saying a lot with Joe Biden, a new low when he tells grads and Howard as they head off into the world that the biggest threat is white supremacy doesn't explain it doesn't say in what form that takes how these alleged white supremacists are threatening these young graduates from howard who are heading off into a world where there's all kinds of opportunity they're young black people men women who have college degrees who i assume are bright and uh, ambitious you know they, they got great opportunity here it's the united states of america there is no limit to the opportunity for these young grads, but they better live in fear, says Joe Biden, because the white supremacists are coming for them. It's just such a lie. It's just such a despicable, divisive lie. Everybody should call him out. Democrats, media people, all his fans, all his supporters, all the liars in the mainstream media, they should call this out. This is not an innocent little lie. This is a truly destructive lie, but let's listen to him anyway. He doesn't even believe it. You know, he doesn't, he just falls back. Like I say all the time, the six thoughts in that decaying cranium, six thoughts, that's all you get. And this happens to be one of them. This is the guy who promised on inauguration day, he was going to unify. He was going to bring people together. 
Let's watch him bring people together at Howard University in D.C. on Saturday. So stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. <laughs> he's not saying it because he's at, at a black, historically black college or university. He's saying it because he says it wherever he goes. What, what? First of all, why does that make it any more legitimate? He lies everywhere he goes. Secondly, there's real threats to the homeland. On the same day, I believe it's the same day. Let me get the uh, the details on this one. On the same day, a uh, terrorist came over at the southern border in California. A uh, a guy who's on the terrorist watch list from Afghanistan, you uh, taking advantage of our wide open border. Border. He came home. They 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 uh, fingerprinted him, uh, booked him, ran a check. He's on the terrorist watch list. So we're letting terrorists come across our southern border. The same day, the president said, white supremacy is the greatest threat to the homeland. Uh, the next day, a nine-year-old, uh, 10-year-old kid at nine o'clock at night in the same city gets critically injured with a stray bullet. I was uh, looking at the uh, murder numbers you know, in, uh, in the US last year, more than 20,000 people were, sh- were uh, murdered. In Chicago alone, almost 700 in D.C., more than 200. How many of those were killed by white supremacists? Just a, go ahead, Ironhead, you guess. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I haven't quite confirmed it, but how many of them were killed by white supremacists? Well, just- I, watched, I watched a lot of news this week, so I'm going to go with at least 98% of them. <laughs> you know what? If you, put, if you polled the public, you'd have some people who would say that. And it's, I mean, it's stupid. But there's a reason they want you to believe it. This is the big lie that there. This the the in Joe Biden's mind, in the mind of Joe Biden's supporters, in the mind of his cabinet members, the best, the, the most advantageous political strategy is to divide people. That's what he does. He's the great divider. He learned from the master, the greatest divider ever, and that would be Barack Obama. He wants to keep people rich against poor white against black, you know, gay against straight. He wants to keep people uh, uh, divided and, and hostile and fighting. That's works for him. It's worked for him so far. He wants to convince kids, you know, grownups at, at Har- Howard who are graduating that they better be, they better be ready because the white supremacists are coming forth. I'm going to guess that none of those graduates at Howard have ever even met a white supremacist. I mean, again, who are they? Who is he talking about? When you talk about, you know, uh, Muslim terrorists, you know, you know, you, you know, you know, Muhammad Atta, you know, Zar- the Zarniabs, you know, there are Muslim terrorists out there. One of them just tried to cross into California over the weekend. You know that, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you know who they are. You see them, they're occasionally interviewed. Hell, you know who the Proud Boys are. I'm not sure they're a threat to the homeland, but we met, we saw the names, the faces when they were on trial uh, for a a seditious conspiracy after January 6th. But who is he talking about? I really need to know. I need someone to follow it up, you know, mainly because he will have no answer. None of us, I mean, Corinne Jean-Pierre should be asked about that today. Obviously, she, if it's not written in her binder, she'll have no answer but it's a good question. You, you, you need to know. They're the greatest threat to the homeland. Shouldn't we know something about them? All right, this is the guy. He's on with Jonathan Capehart. <laughs> uh, probably, uh, uh, you know, of the same mindset. They want to advance this lie, the two of them. Mayorkas and Jonathan Capehart talking about the border, which, again, is wide open, and we're letting in drug dealers and human traffickers and rapists and, and child molesters and, and fentanyl dealers and terrorists are coming over our border. They're bragging because the numbers went down over the weekend. 
But there's a, a couple of reasons for that. One, Texas has sent the National Guard and put up razor wire. And two, they're coming through points of entry because they know it's easier to get in now going through the traditional means. And, and by the way, the numbers being down still means they are coming in in record numbers. It's staggering when you look at the numbers on the number of people coming in. Uh, we'll get to that. I'll get to that. But let's watch Mayorkas. But it may, obviously, Mayorkas does nothing but lie. I don't think there's ever been a cabinet member who's told so many lies in such a short period of time. But he's talking about, again, he's lying about the border. He's, he's saying it's secure. He's saying it's not open. He's lying one lie after another. And of course, he has to throw the big lie in. White supremacists are coming for you. The president yesterday uh, at his commencement address uh, for the Howard University graduates called white supremacy uh, uh, the, the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Uh, it tragically is. You know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate. Uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances, and the like. And regrettably, we have seen a rise in white supremacy. <laughs> Where? <laughs> I'm going to give you an example uh, before we move on. I'll give you an example uh, how the media plays along with this, the big lie, how they advance the big lie when people like this, this scumbag, Mayorkas, and I, I need someone to explain to me why the Republicans in the House haven't impeached him already. What does it take for the Republicans to do something, impeach this guy? I mean, he has done so much damage. He's told so many lies. Just be done with it. Be, bring him before the House, grill him again, impeach him. But this is from uh, February. Reuters reporting, Dateline Washington, mass shootings in the United States accounted for most extremes, extremism-related fatalities last year in the country with over 80% of those murders committed by white supremacists. You ready for this? Uh, mm -hmm. The advocacy, advocacy group, uh, Anti-Defamation League, uh, labeled 25 murders in 2022 as extremist-related, with 18 of those committed in whole or part for ideological motives. So they have 25 extremist murders, 18 committed by uh, white supremacists. Two mass shootings, check this out, one in May in Buffalo, that'd be a year ago today, I believe, uh, in Buffalo, wherein an avowed white supremacist fatally shot 10 black people, and another in November in Colorado Springs, wherein five people were killed in an LBGTQ nightclub. Um, that's labeled as a white supremacist. That was, <laughs> that was carried out by a non-binary individual who went by they, them. So that, according to Reuters, or according to the ADL, is a uh, right-wing extremist. Uh, so even if you take their numbers, there were 18, um, here, oh, sorry, here it is. White supremacists commit the highest number of domestic extremist-related murders. But in 22, 2022, that percentage was unusually high, 21 of the 25 murders were linked to white supremacists. So they have 21 murders in the year, the year that they, that the ADL, a far left organization, um, attributes to white supremacy, 21. And obviously they're not all committed by white supremacists. 10 of them were, the guy in Buffalo, there were 20,000 murders. Most of the victims were black. Most of the perpetrators were black. Uh, 21 were committed by white supremacists or right-wing extremists. 21. That, that number's not even true, but just say it were. It was true. That's a weekend in Chicago. <laughs> that's, you know, that's an average weekend in Chicago, which had 700 murders last year. And they want you to think the biggest threat you're facing today is white supremacy because of a because of 21 murders in a country that had over 20,000 murders. It's just sick. It really is when you think about it. Violence is a big problem. Gun violence is a big problem. Most of the gun violence is 
black on black crime in the inner cities. And if there's no white person uh, involved, if there's no white person doing the shooting, Joe Biden doesn't care. Mayorkas doesn't care. AOC, Ayanna Presley, uh, the mainstream media, they don't care. AOC, uh, 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 Chuck Todd and Anderson, they don't give a damn. New York Times don't care. It's just really twisted and depraved when you think about it. They check to see, did the 12-year-old girl who got shot through her window this morning get shot by a white guy? No? Okay, we move on. We're done here. Oh, did uh, Jordan Neely get killed by a white guy? Oh, he did? Okay, we're all in. Let's, let's fixate on that one incident on the New York subway, which if the Marine, if Daniel Penny were black, they would not care. If Jordan Neely were white, they would not care. How can you get more cynical than that to just say, let me check if the white guy did the killing, did the shooting, then it's the biggest threat to the homeland. If it's a black guy, nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Oh, we got uh, 700 murders in Chicago. How many of them were committed by white supremacy? Oh, none? Okay. No need. No need. We're done with Chicago. No big deal. Not, not, not interested. These people are sick, and it starts at the very top with the liar-in-chief using, using people, using victims of violence. They'll, they'll be chiming in, by the way. The Biden administration, they're going to go all in on Jordan Neely. They're going to go all in on the story, and I welcome it. It's a big deal, and it's going to get bigger. We got the latest on Daniel Penny's uh, Go, what's it called? Go Send Me? Go Send Go. Me. Go Fund Me. Go Duck Go. No, it's not GoFundMe. You can't do GoFundMe if you're a Marine. They don't allow that. Go send go. We get the latest on that. And the Washington Post, they are triggered. You know why? Because people support Daniel Penny. Because people uh, don't want to see this hero trying to save people on the subway from an absolute menace, a violent punk. They're trying. He was trying to protect people, innocent people, women, elderly. You know, that's who... That's who Jordan Neely liked to hurt. Kids, women, elderly folks. And uh, Daniel Penny stepped in, did what the uh, city wouldn't do, and protected innocent strap hangers on the subway. And the Washington Post and the rest of the mainstream, they can't stand it. They want to see this Marine go to prison. We'll get to that. We'll get to the latest on the border, the latest lies told by the Biden administration. We got uh, veterans. Speaking of veterans, not Daniel Penny, other veterans kicked out of hotels that they were staying in in New York. Why? So we can make room for illegal aliens. They get their phones, they get their, their money, their food, their bus ride, and they get nice hotel rooms and the veterans can just sleep on the street. Yes, that is happening in America. Uh, and uh, we will get to the, um, the Celtics knocking off the Sixers in a game seven and one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And I've seen a few. But uh, there was one thing uh, Jason Tatum did in, on his way to 51 points that annoyed me. And uh, I guess I'm old. I guess I'm uh, an old man yelling at clouds because there's one thing he did in this just transcendent performance that was kind of annoying. We will get to that and lots more. But first, I've been talking about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, and sky-high gas prices. We've all seen this crazy woke nonsense going on with these big corporations, and it's time for us to let our voices be heard. The question is, what are you willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can vote with our dollars. That's how we can make a difference. No more shopping at big box stores if you can get the items from a family-owned company. PatriotSwitch.com helps people walk away from the big box conglomerates. We can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. That's why Patriot Switch was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. I love what the folks at Patriot Switch are doing for us. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation today is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than their shareholders or corporate executives. Each of us can choose to take a market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages and instead choose to help regular people by shopping family-owned Made in America. Make a difference right now. Go to PatriotSwitch.com. All right, I'm watching in real time as Daniel Penny 
reaches 2 million. He just did it. The Marine, the heroic Marine, 24-year-old college student, decorated Marine. He's facing manslaughter charges for protecting innocent people on the subway. Uh, they started a, uh, his lawyers just started a go, send, go. Uh, I think it was just a couple of days ago. And it just passed. It's now $2,008,137. Tim Poole just donated 20 grand. Boy, Tim Poole has got a, uh, he's got a good thing going. I'm not sure how he makes all his money, but he is, he is, he is rolling in it, man. Uh, this annoys um, people. Uh, the Washington Post, this is from uh, Human Events uh, this morning, uh, yesterday. They write, the Washington Post is triggered by conservatives' support for uh, Marine Daniel Penny. Uh, everybody is all in on this. They really are. People are sick, sickened by the charges Alvin Bragg is bringing against this guy. Um, they're lying about it, saying that he uh, he held the, the chokehold for 15 minutes. That is a lie. By the way, they don't say anything about the two guys who were helping Daniel Penny, one of whom is black, uh, was holding Penny, holding uh, Neely's arms as, uh, as uh, Penny had his uh, arm around his throat to subdue him. We got witnesses saying he was threatening to hurt people, saying he doesn't care if he dies. Well, he did. He died. And it's, it's you know, the city is uh, safer now. He was a menace. The media is lying to you. You know those fit photos and those videos of him uh, doing Michael Jackson? Those are 10 years. Those are at least 10 years ago. He wasn't Michael Jackson anymore. He was a menace. He was harassing people. He was a violent uh, criminal who broke the nose and the orbital bone of a 67-year-old woman who tried to kidnap a seven-year-old child. He was threatening people on the subway. And finally, someone stepped up and uh, did something about it. And they're trying to put the man in jail. Uh, you know, they, they got it all backwards. Daniel Penny, I mean, uh, Jordan uh, Neely belonged in jail. He'd be alive today if they enforced the law. He would be in jail. And Daniel Penny, we wouldn't even know his name. And he wouldn't have two million bucks. Uh, but the, uh, the Washington Post writes, the right-wing response to the case suggests that Republican lawmakers and pundits could make Penny into the latest conservative talking point. Uh, they point out with derision that Penny is listed on his voter registration as a conservative and claim that those who come to his defense are simply trying to, quote, take the legal case against him out of the courtroom and onto television, social media, and the fundraising circuit. Uh, DeSantis is the one that kicked this off, man. He uh, uh, tweeted out, his support for Penny and then said people should donate to his defense fund. And they did. That's when this thing really took off and it continues to take off and hopefully he'll be acquitted. Uh, Cause they're going to have, I mean, they're going to, I don't know how they can bring witnesses from the subway car to make their case when they all, uh, you know, at least the ones we've heard of were grateful for what Penny did. Many of them are probably riding the subway every day saying, when is someone going to step up? Some manly man going to step up and do something about someone like this. And he did. Those people aren't going to testify against him. Just the opposite. I mean, Bernie gets shot for guys with a gun and he was acquitted. I think he was eventually convicted of gun charges and lost all his money, but he wasn't convicted of, uh, of uh, shooting them. I mean, he didn't kill them, but, the, this guy didn't have a gun. He just used his arm and he didn't think he was going to kill him. And he put him in the recovery position. Seems to me that even in New York, uh, while people in New York, while jur New York juries, you know, hate people like Donald Trump, they don't like conservatives. They do ride the subway. You get a few uh, subway riders on that jury. They're not going to care that Daniel Penny was a Marine and a registered conservative. They're going to say, Thank God for Daniel Penny. So I don't think even in New York, Alvin Bragg is going to be able to convict this guy. Maybe, hopefully, he'll get to keep the money. Sounds like uh, he could use it. He was looking for a job, I believe, bartending and uh, attending college after serving four years in the Marines. Good luck putting that guy away, Alvin Bragg. All right, let me get to uh, 
I want to do the the border again before we uh, get onto other things. Um, this is uh, we have Joe Biden uh, on his bike with his bike helmet. Joe Biden again on vacation. Joe Biden who spends forty percent of his presidency at his beach house, bike riding and eating ice cream, while we have real issues facing this country. Uh, the part-time president was cycling around and he was, I don't say bragging about the border, but he was very proud that the numbers at the border were down. So I looked it up just to see, you know, what, uh, what the numbers look like. And, and I heard Ted Cruz say this. Ted Cruz said uh, that uh, under Trump two years ago or three years ago now, two and a half years ago, we had the lowest uh, level of uh, Ill- illegal immigration in 40 years. And he's right. <laughs> in 2020, there were 405,000 uh, illegals encountered at the border. That seems like a lot to me, 400,000. Uh, last year, 2022, under the open border policy, under the invasion by design policy, 2,214,352. Last year, one year. This year, that sounds like a lot, right? This year, uh, we're in May. That's how many months is that? Five months. 1,544,087, including at least one (laughs) terrorist from Afghanistan. So in the two years, this is not including Godaways. When you include Godaways, you get over 6 million. But in the two years, that is 3.7 million. Uh, uh, not two years, a year and five months. In the last uh, 17 months, 3.7 million. In the year before Biden took off, 400,000. The border has been open, wide open, on purpose. They want future Democrats coming over the border. They don't mind that people are going to die. They don't mind the fentanyl. They don't mind the overdoses. They don't mind the crime in the streets. They don't mind kicking veterans out of hotels to make room for illegal immigrants. That's the plan all along. That is what 81 million people voted for. Shame on them. Shame on every Democrat today. Oh, by the way, you should get that video from Chicago. It's priceless. In Chicago, the residents are all pissed off. They're going to put, I think, 300 illegal aliens in their neighborhood, and they're demanding that that they stop this. They voted 97% for Joe Biden uh, in 2020. This is what you get. This is what you voted for. If you didn't see this coming, you're an idiot. Uh, we have that video, by the way. After this, I want to play the, the Biden video from the debate where he says the, the migrants should surge to the border once he's elected and, and come on in because that's who we are. We let in unvetted illegals to decimate communities. That's who we are. But look at this absolute embarrassment in uh in Delaware yesterday, stopping. Did he fall, by the way? Did he? Did he? Met? Oh, they, they get the training wheels on there, right? It looks like it's actually in the same crosswalk. That's true. I think that is the spot where they're allowed to ask questions. Oh, and another story, not a, not going to spend a lot of time on it. The Secret Service, as we know, the entire federal government, the entire Department of Justice, the FBI, they're all in the tank for Biden. They're all to protecting Biden. The Secret Service denied Congress the logs, the visitor logs from Delaware. The reason, one of the reasons he goes to Delaware is to have visitors that he doesn't have to register so he can see all his uh, business partners, all of Hunter's partners. He can do business uh, in Delaware without revealing who he's meeting with. And the Secret Service said, we're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you who visits the President of the United States every weekend when he's uh, kicking back in Delaware. But Let's watch him as he meets up with some of his friends in the press corps on his bike ride yesterday. Things are going at the border, sir. Much better than much, much better than you all expected. Do you have any plans to visit no, the border? No, I think. Pardon me. Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term. No, no, it'd just be disruptive. Not anything else. Disruptive. <laughs> it just. He's just so tired and so old and just so just feeble. I mean, just so feeble. No intention of going to the border. He doesn't care. Oh, you know what? He's going to stop in East Palestine on his way to, you know, El Paso, which is overwhelmed right now. Oh, good. This is the video. Just keep this in mind. This, this is why I can't 
stand any of these. Uh, Brandon Johnson that replaced her complaining about the influx of illegal aliens. First of all, these are sanctuary cities. They welcome everybody. Secondly, they supported this guy who, while he lies like he breathes, I think he accidentally told the truth in this debate, Democrat debate during the primary. Uh, Listen to what he says and tell me this just wasn't a accidental moment of candor from the uh, our open borders president. Go ahead, play it. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says, if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. It's amazing how much he's fallen off since this video. I know, I know. isn't it? I mean, it, it, that's, and that's, you know, Look at him 20 years ago. I mean, he was always a liar and a fraud and a plagiarist, but he he did have his lucid moments. Uh, those are over. But he just said, that's who you should, you should surge the border seeking asylum. We know most asylum claims are bogus because they go through like six other countries before they get here. If you're from Venezuela and you come up to the southern border, you went through a bunch of other places, you could have gotten asylum. They have no interest in asylum. They want a country that gives you a phone and a hotel room and money and food and everything else that Uncle Sap hands over to these uh, uh, illegals the moment they enter the country. As long as you know, they long as they think they're going to vote Democrat, they will destroy this country and won't give a damn about it. By the way, have you seen some of the photos at the border on how much trash, just garbage, just piles oh. and piles of garbage? Tucker Carlson, I think it was like two years ago, said illegal alien, illegal immigration makes our country dirtier. And he just got lambasted for that. In fact, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. New York Magazine had a piece like over the weekend or last week. And there's they say Tucker Carlson, who once said illegal immigrants make our country dirtier. I mean, that's objective. That's not even debatable. <laughs> Look at the video and the pictures. Right. They don't clean up after themselves. The border is a mess in more ways than one. Oh, yeah. And then Mayorkas goes and he makes the rounds, by the way. If you were such a scumbag as, as Mayorkas, wouldn't you lay low? He doesn't care that he's just out there lying and just debasing himself. It's just I, I guess it's the job. I guess he agreed to it. You know, it's like being ahead of the FBI. You have to agree to protect Joe Biden above all else. If you're the he- head of uh, immigration or HHS or uh, uh, you, you have to lie. That's what you do. Your goal is to let as many illegals in as possible and lie when anyone asks you about it. Let's watch Mayorkas. Is this yesterday? Uh, yeah, this is this is him. Uh, it's not Biden's fault that the border is bad, but he's going to tell you exactly why the border is so bad. Oh, good. Let's hear it from this piece of garbage. Why is the problem so intense right now? Well, uh, a few factors. Uh, poverty, violence, corruption, authoritarian regimes, the COVID-19 pandemic, (laughs) uh, extreme weather events, the causes of displacement are many. (laughs) Extreme. Oh, Jesus. Is there anything these clowns won't blame on? Extreme weather. Oh, climate change. Uh, Wasn't there climate change in 2020 when uh, Trump was president? Wasn't there uh, COVID-19? Wasn't there... uh, uh, authoritarian governments. Yeah, there was. There's one here now. That's what there is. I mean, honest to God. That's why they're surging the border. It's not the phone. It's not the uh, bus ride to wherever, New York, Chicago, uh, Lewiston, Maine. It's not the uh, nice hotel room they get when they kick the vets out. It's extreme weather. God, it is, there's just these people, no depths to which they will not sink. Uh, we got to get to the uh, to the Celtics. And... Um, I want to get to the most amazing tweet uh, I think I've ever seen. <laughs> now, granted, it's a left-wing outfit, media outfit that tweeted it out, but still, it is something to behold. As they say, hang it in the Louvre. This one is just such an incredible. <laughs> uh, a question a media outlet asks about uh, Leah Thomas that I just find so unbelievable, but uh We'll uh, we'll get to that, and uh, I'm going to keep an eye out see if any more children in D.C. are sleeping, are getting shot while sleeping. 
and see if uh, Joe Biden or anyone in the Biden regime has anything to say about that violence. Or is it just white supremacy? Is that all they care about? Under President Joe Biden's volatile economy, we are at the cusp of an economic meltdown. The recent Silicon Valley bank failure sparked a deadly domino effect, and now nearly 200 banks across the country are teetering at the edge of collapse. Nobody's money is safe. Many depositors aren't insured by the FDIC and may lose access to their money completely. Wealthy Americans are withdrawing their cash fast and turning it into gold. The United States hasn't seen a potential chain of bank failures this catastrophic since the Great Recession. It's time to protect your money today before your retirement disappears. Call Monetary Gold to receive our free protection guide at 800-586-9591. Learn how Americans are shielding their wealth from the bank collapses by diversifying in gold. Call now because tomorrow may be too late. Call Monetary Gold at 800-586-9591. That's 800-586-9591. I got to say, I know people say this all the time. I got to say that uh, I laughed out loud, you know, to myself. I I couldn't help it when I saw this tweet and, and I had to run and read the story, but one of the funniest things you will ever see. I don't know if you could put this up on the screen, Ironhead. This is from The Nation, a far-left organization, but still. <laughs> I can't even read it without laughing. Uh, they tweeted over the weekend, when Leah Thomas first entered the women's NCAA swimming scene in 2021, she got the kind of attention rarely given to swimming athletes outside of the Olympics. Thomas was good, but she wasn't the next Simone Biles of her field. So what explained the frenzy? <laughs> oh, by the way, I read the story. And it's just as silly as you'd expect. The whole story. Simone Biles was a mental patient, wasn't she? Oh, that's true. She was. She yeah, She quit on her team uh, in the Olympics. But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Thomas, this is in the story. She wasn't the next. What explained the frenzy? Simple story, writes. Thomas was a transgender woman having success in the woman's division. And you know what they get to? The other explanation for it is, you're not going to believe this. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm reading from the story in the nation. Transphobia, that's the first reason I got all the attention. They write, transphobia is closely linked to white supremacy. <laughs> As gender nonconformity threatens norms regarding white Western gender ideals and swimming has a history that's decidedly (laughs) anti-black. According to the 2021 USA Swimming Report, of its 331,000 athletes, uh, 35% identify as white, while only 1% identify as black. So it's not just transphobia, it's it's white supremacy. God, these people, I can't understand why they're all going out of business. By the way, Vice News uh, declared bankruptcy, I believe, late last night. Vice News, this is unbelievable, was valued at $5.7 billion a couple of years ago. Now it is bankrupt. It is worth nothing. It is being bought, I believe, by a Soros organization that's just going to pay the debt. How the hell is Vice News worth five point seven billion? That well, boggles Gary, it was start. It was basically started by a proud boy named Gavin McGinnis. Oh, that's right, Gavin McGinnis. But I mean, what makes it worth five point seven billion? I'd love to. I should be reading more about it. They, I know they have excellent documentaries. Excellent documentaries. Well, now they're going to be uh, Soros-approved documentaries, and it just seemed like a gluttony of uh, you know far left. Outfits on, uh, I can't even keep them straight, like Slate and Salon and Vice and Vox and so many left-wing media sites, uh, websites. Uh, I don't think we're going to miss this one. You know, I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to miss this one. All right, we got, oh, by the way, I never got, I I didn't mention this either. Not only are homeless vets being kicked out of hotels, wedding guests, there's a couple of weddings. One of them had 37 rooms booked for their wedding. They were canceled, all of them. And the, the wedding of Sean and Nicole was uh, told, you can't stay here. <laughs> you can, 
they're going to have their wedding there, but the guests can't stay because the rooms are now taken by illegal aliens. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine being in that position, being, uh, uh, being told you can't have your wedding here, kids. Uh, we got, we got to make room for our new friends from the third world who are rolling in over the Southern border. I don't know how this plays in the next election. I guess they're looking at the big picture and if it hurts Biden, it's okay. Cause it'll help whoever Gavin Newsom in four years or eight years. I don't know who's, who's not looking at this saying, this is not helping the country. This, I mean, this is, this is helping. I mean, how, who looks at the level of illegal migration, 6 million people under Joe Biden and says, yeah, it's good. It's working. I like it. I mean, Democrat, Republican, inner city, rural, you know, from Maine to Arizona, who looks at it as a net plus other than total radical wackos like Soros people or, or the Biden regime it just seems like a losing issue in the near term. And uh, I think a great issue for uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, when he beats Trump. And uh, Trump, big, great weekend for DeSantis. By the way, I'm going to be on Newsmax, I think, at 1130 talking about this. Ron DeSantis was making the rounds in, in Iowa over the weekend. He had a couple of events and he went out, you know, to, for barbecue and, you know, with his family and uh, connecting with people in Iowa, which Trump lost uh, two years ago. Trump was scheduled to have a rally. He canceled it because, oh, it was windy. It was windy in Iowa. <laughs> His hair wouldn't stay in place. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, I know they said there were t- tornado watches. There's conflicting reports. And I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Say there was tornadoes. Trump, normally, if there's a full house waiting for him, if there's 30,000 people, he goes right through that tornado. It's what Trump does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he canceled it and gave the DeSantis people a chance to mock him, give him a taste of his own medicine. That's if Trump were there and DeSantis were stayed in Florida and said, it's a little rough, the weather Trump people would be destroying him today. And DeSantis had a nice mother's day message with his beautiful wife and his little kids. Here's what Donald Trump posts. And again, I asked my friends who love Trump. And I, again, I, I supported him. I'll support him again. If he's the nominee, but I find these posts on True Social, just like I found his tweets two years ago, so cringy. I mean, this is a grown, this is a 76-year-old man who was president and wants to be president again. Here's what he posts on Truth on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all, in particular the mothers, wives, and lovers of the radical left fascist, Marxist, and communist who are doing everything within their power to destroy and obliterate our once great country. Please make these complete lunatics and maniacs kinder, gentler, softer, and most importantly, smarter, so that we can quickly make America great again. And now you got all kinds of capital letters and exclamation points and just (laughs) no mention of his wife, the mother of his young son, no mention of his, of his, mother, his late mother, no mention of, you know, the women in his life, his daughters, you know, kids, just a, just a rant that is what he does. Again, I guess, I guess we'll give him credit for uh, honesty or, you know, being, being the guy not having filtered through his whole social media team. You know, that's him, whatever, sitting down and sitting on the throne, posting on true social and uh, I guess that's that's unvarnished, unfiltered Trump. Uh, <laughs> do we have this Mother's Day message? Before we get to the uh, Celtics Sixers, I want to get to that. Uh, this is a nice Mother's Day message from a, uh, um, a lovely transgender woman. Uh, I don't, I mean, this, this is a tough one here, Iron Ed. I'm not sh- I, I Look, I can't tell. I don't know about you, but I'm struggling with this one. This is, uh, this lovely lady is pulling it off. I'm just going to say that. Okay, so Mother's Day is tomorrow, and this is the second day that's rolled around. There's two different days in the year that I question. There's Mother's Day and there's Father's Day. As a trans person, as a trans woman, which one do I celebrate? Father's Day rolled around. I did. I don't feel like a father. Mother's Day is tomorrow. I feel like a mom, but who celebrates me? It's not a 
situation of pity me or anything. I just genuinely want to know, is there other people out there that you don't know which one you fall under? Are you a mom? Are you a dad? Where's Parents' Day? Why can't we just have a Parents' Day? Like you're a parent, that's worth celebrating. Why does it have to be one or the other? It actually bothers me a lot. I didn't think about that till today. And I don't know. <laughs> oh, the question of the day, the question of the year. When do they celebrate me? I would tell this guy, how about every friggin' day? How about Transvisibility Day? How about Pride Week, Pride Month, Pride Year? When do they celebrate me? He's, if you're just listening along, he has long green hair, but that's about the extent of his commitment. He's really not all in on this. He feels like a mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure your kids feel like uh, you're their mom too, you whack job. All right, let's do Shay, and then we'll get to, I'm going to say, one of the greatest postseason performances I have ever seen. Certainly one of the great <clears throat> Game 7 shows anyone has ever put on. Happened here in Boston yesterday. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right, I went, uh, you know, watched, obviously, the Celtic Sixers, Game 7. I love Game 7s. You know, they're just so intense. This one wasn't so intense because the Celtics just had a run uh, in the third quarter, what was it in the third quarter? 33 to 10, and that was it. The Sixers quit. James Harden gave up. Uh, Joel Embiid was all alone out there. And he, he pointed that out after the game, by the way. He said, I need help. Uh, James Harden's going to probably leave. This was his uh, final game in a Sixers uniform. He went three for 11, one for five from three-point land. He was a minus 30. <laughs> uh, you know, plus minus is not always – my favorite stat in basketball, but minus 30 is pretty bad. Uh, Celtics blew out the Sixers, as we predicted here on the show, right, Ironhead? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah, we nailed it. Uh, but they, they advanced to play the Heat again. But the big story was just this otherworldly performance by uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum's only 25. This will be his fourth appearance in the uh, conference finals. Uh, he's, just, he's a first-team All-NBA. He scores 30 a game. He's a superstar by any measure. He will win an MVP before he's done. He will win a scoring title. I'm convinced. He can score any which way. Great scorer. I'm ready to uh, declare him the best scorer in Celtic history, better than Paul Pierce, who I used to call the best scorer. Just pure, pure scorer. Bird, obviously, is a better shooter, a better player, all-around player. But just scoring, getting to the rim, falling away, long, short, everything driving, getting to the line. No one's I've seen has been better than Tatum. He scores 51, the most ever in a game seven in the NBA. I saluted him for uh, the performance. It was bird-esque. It was so clutch. He was just in such a zone. He could do nothing. He could do no wrong. He went uh, 17 for 28, 6 for 10 on three-point shots and they are long ones too he hit some long ones with someone in his face we're w watching the mvp joel Embiid with his hand in tatum's face when he hits the three to go over 50 points now again great performance incredible it was bird-esque 
It was just some as good as any performance I've ever seen. I don't like this. This is not Bird-esque. He holds up a five and a zero <clears throat> when he reaches 50. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to be counting your points in a game seven at home with a chance to go to the conference finals. You're supposed to at least pretend you're not doing it for your personal stats. Uh, I tweeted about this and got lots of people calling me a, you know, a old man and, uh, you know, get off my lawn and all that. I, I don't know. I like Tatum. He plays hard. He doesn't have a lot of flaws. He plays defense. He go hits the boards. He had, uh, uh, he had, uh, what do you have? 13 rebounds. He hit the best stat. You know what he should have held up? Forget the five. Just held up a zero. He had zero turnovers. He took 28 shots, got 13 boards in a game seven where you're supposed to be playing defense on both ends of the floor, and he didn't turn the ball over. That is incredible. And, you know, that's something you can brag about. But putting up the the points and bragging that you scored so many points seems to me like you're not – have your priorities straight at that point. You should be thinking team first and thinking – you know, game seven, we win, we move on, we go to the conference finals, we're playing a team that had to play a play-in game to get in the tournament, and uh, and uh, you're the favorite to get to the finals. Are they the favorite to win it all now, Ironhead? I think they were going into the playoffs. So they have a clear path to the finals, and they'll play either the Lakers or the uh, the Denver Nuggets and uh, Nikolai Jokic which will be fun. You're rooting for the Lakers. I'm rooting for Denver. I can't, you can't root for LeBron James. I just want the, I want the Celtics Lakers final. It's just. So does uh, ESPN and ABC and, you know, every other media outlet Celtics Lakers, uh, Jason Tatum against LeBron James. Tatum looks ready, man. He looks like he loves the pressure. He loves the big moment. He's got that gift. What a great draft pick. The Sixers took Markel Fultz. And uh, the Celtics get Jason Tatum, who will, I'm convinced, win MVPs, win scoring titles, and he will win a title or two. He's that good, that great. He's already probably top five Celtic of all time. As of right now, the Celtics are eight-point favorites. Eight-point favorites in game one? Yep. But uh, just do the overall. Who's the favorite to win it all out of the final four? Mm -hmm. I want to know. I assume it's the Celtics. They looked so good yesterday, or at least they looked just so explosive. By the way, before we and I want to talk, I want to mention the biggest coward in professional sports today, Dwight Howard. He's playing in Taiwan now. Uh, Dwight Howard, probably an NBA Hall of Famer, certainly an NBA had physical ability to be one of the greatest ever. He's playing in Taiwan, and he mentioned the country of Taiwan, and China was upset. And he issued a groveling apology for calling Taiwan a country. This guy who's made like hundreds of millions of dollars a career. Dwight Howard, you are a sniveling coward. He's got all the money he could ever spend. He's got all the awards. He's had a you know good career. And he's apologizing for calling the country he plays in a country because it offends China. He didn't do it in, in uh, Chinese like uh, John Cena, that coward. But think of that, John Cena and Dwight Howard, two absolute studs groveling before the ch- commie, Chinese commies because they called Taiwan a country. So, is- Celtics are the favorite. They are the favorite. Yep, Nuggets, second, Lakers, Heat. Uh, you know, I'm just looking. I just uh, tweeted a looking. Guy just tweeted at me. That's racism to say Bird wouldn't have put the 5-0 up. It's racist if you say Bird didn't do things like that. Bird was a trash talker, the greatest trash talker ever. He would but he have, didn't uh, make it about he it. He would up and then thrown it in someone's face. <laughs> Bird, Bird, when McHale scored 56 once, Bird, I forget how many, three or four days later, scored 60. And he said, if I thought it was going to be such a big deal, I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> he scored, the. Uh, I think it's the record. And he did it just because McHale had scored 56. He just made it. A, it was never about the points which is all I'm saying. And and, uh, Jason Tatum shouldn't make it about his points. That was just a phenomenal performance. And you know what? They are favored to win it all. And he's favored to get the MVP and get his first title. And uh, I'll be surprised if he doesn't. All right. 
we will leave it there for today. Ironhead, thanks to everyone for uh, listening. I uh, hope you had, did you have a good Mother's Day, Ironhead. I had a lovely Mother's Day. I loved, I did too. What a great weekend in the big city. It was uh, just perfect weather and good day, good weekend. Uh, thanks uh, to everyone. Uh, and you too, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.